everybody. We are live, back in action, streaming to your internet on Anchor Radio. This is the Roof of Sports Podcast, presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman at Sports Profit One on Twitter, where I do most of my media interaction. The sports world is on pause right now, but it's all good, man. The real world is dealing with a global pandemic. That's what's first. Guys, PSA announcement, wash your hands, wear your mask, only go out if you have to. Please stay home. This is a real thing, and it's hitting the United States hard. It's hitting my family up in New York. Bad spot to be in right now, guys. Listen, these are troubling times. we got a lot of distractions, and we need entertainment as much as possible. So in the safety of our own homes, we're going to do a major deep dive into everything NFL, as I am blessed to have my friend, a great man, knowledgeable sports fan, football fanatic and all-around great guy Antoine Smith joining me today on the Roof of Sports podcast. Antoine, God bless you, man. How you feeling, brother? I'm feeling good, man. Through it all, you got to smile. You got to keep moving, man. God God stays in control, so that's all we need to know. You know it, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. Couldn't have said it myself, man. That's it. Guys, listen again. If you think you can't get it, you can. Anybody can. Nobody's susceptible to this thing. Whether you're one or 81 years old, it don't make a difference. So please, again, be careful. But with that out of the way, Antoine, let's get into sports, bro. Let's talk football. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let us do it, man. There's so many ways to go. I know it's the off season. There's nothing happening right now. But so we got free agency, teams, players changing teams after years and years, like Philip Rivers and Tom Brady. Unbelievable. So there's so many ways to go. But Antoine, I wanted to get your opinion on the new playoff system and how you feel about one team getting a bye and them adding an extra team in each conference. Well, you know, they're adding one team in each conference, which means only one team will get a bye week now. And to me, I think uh, they should have left it as it was because now you get a team that's what could be six and ten, seven and nine. And it to me, it really doesn't make sense because if that top seed, well, they still get their two weeks off. But if that top seed gets the two weeks off, have to play a lower seed, they'll have an easier path to the playoffs. And I just, you know, I've just never been a fan of, you know, messing with the playoff system. If they were going to mess with the playoff system, I think um, instead of adding, you know, one, they probably should have made it just one big bracket, like uh, Mars Madness or something like that. But as, far as add, but as far as adding a team, I didn't agree with that. Yeah, you know what, bro? I fall on the opposite side of the spectrum. I wrote an article sometime last year, and I'm not telling them saying the NFL got this idea for me, but yeah, they probably did. They read my article. And I was saying that, uh, yeah, we're going to extend it to, you know, an extra week, and teams are going to have to play an extra game, whatever it may be. I wanted two bye weeks so teams can get more rest during the season. But I'm all for this playoff format. I love that one team. Everybody's going to fight for that one spot to get in there. But even better yet, you get teams who may be hot toward the end of the season, like the Titans were last year, get into the playoffs and make a run. You know, we see that stuff in March Madness. Maybe a team gets really hot to the Cinderella story. Uh, even in basketball, maybe a team can get really hot and make a really good run. So I'm thinking that in football as well, even though the top teams usually prevail. It gives an extra team each conference a chance to fight. And you know what? It makes it more exciting, not just 
for the players themselves, but for the fans who know that we still have a chance if we can just even go eight and eight. But I see your point. A seven and nine team and eight and eight team, is that really a playoff team? Uh well, it depends on the division you play in. Yeah, uh, if you look at, if you look at the NFC East, that could easily happen. Right. NFC West, it could easily happen. Mm-hmm. So it you know, happen. it's all about the division. You make a good point. You, if you remember back, in, I think it was twenty eleven uh, or twenty ten. Uh, what do you call it? The New New Orleans Saints had just come off winning the Super Bowl. They had a, a better record, but because they didn't win the division, they had to go to Seattle, and that's when beast mode happened, and Marshawn Lynch had the greatest run of all time and uh, right. knocked, knocked the Saints off. So, yeah, that's that's a point. You know, they got hot. They were only 7-9, and nine, but they got hot. They had beast mode. They won. They probably shouldn't have. Can you think of a team, other than their Super Bowl win in 2009, that's had it worse than the Saints? I mean, they seem to lose in the playoffs every year by the most unbelievable, masonistic type of thing I could think of. I could give you another uh, team, 2012 Giants, 9-7, and seven, made it all the way to the Super Bowl and ran over the Patriots. They so, did, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, right. you know, it, so it's, a, it's a great point on both ends. Uh, like you said, all you got to do is get in. If you're hot, you're hot. Yeah, that's it. But, again, that, that bye week is now even more that much more important. Now two teams aren't getting it, one team getting it. And last year, that would have been Baltimore. I don't know if that changed anything. The 49ers, yes, so they had the number one seed. But in that case, the Rams would have made it in the NFC, and I believe the Steelers would have made it in the AFC. And quite honestly, Antoine, I don't see either one of them getting out of the first round last year. So, albeit in good fun, the best teams are probably still going to win. Right. Agreed. How about this free agency action, man? We have had guys moving all over the place. I'm a little disappointed with my Niners. I'll get into that a bit. I do like the draft, uh, uh, you know, getting the 13th pick overall. I know we had to trade for DeForest Buckner, um, but he was going to cost a lot of money, so I get it. But now we got Phillip Rivers in Indy, which could be maybe his last season. Do you think there's any possibility that he can make a deep dive playoff run with this team? Well, let's be honest here. Uh, if Indianapolis can you know, improve their pass rush, get him a number one receiver. I love T.Y. Hilton, but he's injury prone. Uh, Chester Rogers, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, right. Jack Doyle, who's one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. Yep. I think they have it all on offense, but their pass rush scares me. Mm-hmm. If they can keep their pass rush, which is pretty deep in this draft, I think they have a legitimate chance of, you know, making a run. In the play uh, at the playoffs, yeah, you're, you're right. They, you know, draft, they do have a lot of defensive and a lot of rushers. Um, a lot of them are going to be taken up top, as we know. And Indy kind of fell out of that 13 spot, but they got the far as Buckner, who's going to solidify that line very much. So, I'm with you that, yeah, they can not just sneak in the playoffs, but maybe get a fourth, fifth. So, I think it's possible. Philip Rivers, uh, the main thing with him, he had no protection in Los Angeles, San Diego, whatever you want to call it. Now he may right. have the top three offensive line in the league. So you get a guy sitting back there like that who's got accuracy. It's going to happen. It's very possible. Right. You agree. Yeah, very possible. Another guy, <laughs> Tom Brady, over to TB, Tampa Bay. Look, I'm, Tampa Bay was an underrated team, in my opinion, to begin with. Again, you know, James Winston going to 30 30 for club, not a club you want to be. Football, baseball, that's all good. But. I, I got 
like Antoine, from the moment that he got drafted into the league, I really never saw him as a starting quarterback. I saw him as a very efficient backup. And that seems that the road that he's going to be going down now, there's no interest in him around the league. I don't know where he can go unless basically, as we know, quarterbacks get hurt during the season and Jameis could pick up a job then. But I don't see a team picking him up before the draft or maybe even before the regular season starts. Uh, I can agree with that to a certain extent. I think Jameis Winston's uh, problem was he didn't study reading defenses. And on top of that, I think uh, he just didn't stay in the film room long enough. Some of the throws that you see him make, you know, you know he can make them, but his timing is just off. And when you're playing under Bruce Arians, who's an offensive genius in my opinion, uh, and you still throw 30 interceptions, it's got to be you. You got to put in the work to improve yourself, improve your game. And I don't think he done that. Now, one coach that I think um, I think that he could go and work up under and probably revive his career, I would have to say John Gruden in Oakland. I'm sorry, Las Vegas, because um, he knows how to get the best out of players. Uh, you see it, you know, in the show he used to have. He knows how to coach quarterback. And if Winston is to turn his career around, he has to reach out to John Gruden and see can he come there and be a backup. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. You know, they just uh, signed Mark Yoda, which is Derek Carr's team at the moment. But, look, there's no solidified quarterback over there that you think is going to take you to the Super Bowl. So, you know what? Sometimes you got to mix up around. And, look, obviously, if he threw for 5,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns, if he can limit those interceptions, which he has not shown to be able to do yet, this guy could be a great quarterback. He's got all the talent in the world, but – He's trying right. to do Brett Favre things, you know, trying to squeeze him into tight holes where they just don't belong. Sometimes he's throwing the ball to God knows who. I mean, it seems like defense is his offense. So I do worry about him a lot. A quarterback I'm not so worried about that other people really are is Cam Newton. Look, just a year and a half ago, the guy was having an MVP season. He won the MVP in 2015. I know that's five years ago. But this guy has a special skill set. Is he going to be able to run like he used to? Probably not. But I believe that this guy's got a lot more to offer than a Nick Foles and a Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, where they're fighting <laughs> out for a starting job. I would have brought in Cam Newton. He's got. Agreed. And the funny thing about it, I think Nick Foles' uh, Super Bowl journey got him, you know, on another team because uh, Jacksonville overpaid him, and they didn't know how they were going to get him off the books, but. Mitchell Trubisky, guess what? He can't get his feet up under him. He has the same problem as I just said with uh, Jameis Winston. He can make the throws, but sometimes he makes you scratch your head. And with inconsistency in the NFL with a starting quarterback will get you benched faster than, you know, fumbling the football. So I don't understand why Cam Newton wasn't on the Bears' uh, radar because – like you said, he was an MVP quarterback, and on top of that, he's been in the NFL nine years. He can make plays, and he has the weapons in Chicago to succeed. So I don't understand why they didn't even bring him in for a workout. I'm, I'm with you, and I really, really don't get that one. Can't a proven commodity league. I understand, but what quarterback, what player can hurt junction? Give him time, let him rehab, bring him in. That that's the guy I would have brought in, no doubt about it, and. 
Yeah, you look at Philip Rivers last year, who threw interceptions left and right, and as great as he was for the Chargers all those years, they gave him the boot. You're like, you're out of here. We can't do this anymore. We need new blood. And right. speaking of new blood, I'm wondering if uh, they're going to draft Justin Herbert or move up for Tua. We're going to get into that in a little bit, the quarterbacks in the NFL draft. But there's another big one I want to ask you about, and the world collectively is shaking their head at this one, how <laughs> Bill O'Brien, GM slash head coach, can trade DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick in David Johnson, who hasn't had a positive carry in two and a half years. I don't get it. Well, I already knew what the problem was uh, before it happened because I actually said this on one of my shows uh, a couple of months ago. I knew DeAndre Hopkins may be on his way out because he wanted to raise, he wanted to be up in the Julio Antonio Brown range, and they could not do that if they have to pay Deshaun Watson what quarterbacks are making today. Makes sense. Deshaun Watson will probably be in the $200 million range, just like Patrick Mahomes. So they have to keep that number, you know, where it's at. And that was the reason why he was traded. And they only traded him for a snack cake and a coat. <laughs> and to be honest, I think it was a great move on Arizona. Oh, yeah. To part because Kyler Murray needed that weapon. Yeah. And to be honest, if, well, we'll get into it a little later, but it's one player in the NFL draft that Kyler Murray needs in order for that offense to go to the next level. Mm, all right, we're going to get into that. Me and you may differ on that. I'm not sure what your answer is, but the way you're talking, I think they know who you're talking about. But I got a different guy in mind. Yeah, we're definitely going to go to that. So D-Hop makes that team automatically like two or three wins better probably because you can just throw the ball up to him. A 50-50 ball to him is like a 90-10 to ball. But basically, he's coming down with it, all right? He's, and that's right. the thing. You know, you want to satisfy your franchise quarterback in, in Deshaun Watson. And the day after, the guy's looking, you know, making secret gestures on, on Twitter that he wants to get out of Houston. So what did you really do? You killed your team. You killed it. So I get your point, And you're absolutely right. I understand that. But maybe you go down the Tom Brady road and you extend it and you get money a little bit afterwards so everybody can fit into the contract. But... Man, oh, man, did they lose that. And I don't even see them being a playoff team next year. They went from maybe a top three or four team in the AFC to six, seven, eight. I mean, D-Hop was their offense. He was their offense. So we got problems. Can I uh, can I shoot somebody right quick? And I did a video on it. I did a video on this. The Miami Dolphins need a starting quarterback. Deshaun Watson is up for a contract extension. And I don't even know if the Texans are going to be able to pay him. If I'm Miami... I got three first-round picks. I trade two of those picks for Deshaun Watson. I have my starting quarterback for the next 10 years. Build around that. Wow. I'm good to go. Wow. That is what I have not heard yet, but, oh, man, with the Dolphins be that. Oh, my God. If three first-round picks give two of them away for Watson. Hey, with the way Bill O'Brien's doing things, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, man. That would be great for the Dolphins because they did stack up. Talking about free agency. They got themselves quite a few players in the offseason over here. They look pretty good. Right. Yeah, I'm liking that. That whole, that whole division could flip-flop now. You know, Jared Stidham, you know, New England, and Sam Darnold. He doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Buffalo, I love Josh Allen. Now they got Stephon Diggs over there. Plus um, um, uh, John Brown, who is a, a lightning bolt. And if Devin Singletary can keep it up, this team is going to win the division. I like Buffalo in the East. Right, they have a great defense. They've had a great defense for the last three years. 
They just couldn't get it going on offense. That's that's been their problem. Josh Allen had a total brain fart in the second half of that Houston game last year. Otherwise, they were winning that game and moving on. So, yeah, I like Buffalo. Another year of maturity for Josh Allen and others. And I like Sean McDermott as the head coach, too. I think that good things are going to happen for them. Antoine, I want to get into your team, man. The Atlanta Falcons, who a few years ago were in the Super Bowl. I'm not going to break your heart and go over the whole thing, but almost won it. We got Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, out of it. But Atlanta's the team I go into every year and say, they pretty much got all the weapons. Why isn't it working? Is it coaching? Is it coaching, Antoine? Definitely yeah, coaching. I, so. uh, I, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but the offensive coordinator that they had in uh, Sarkeesian and Carter, I think they need to find a way to, you know, implement the run game. When Atlanta made the Super Bowl in 2016, the run game was the main focus. That's right. And, you had in Monster, Coleman and Freeman. Right. Right. That was the main focus. They were catching screens, uh, break, breaking big runs, uh, opening up the pass lanes from Matt Ryan to Julio Jones. Uh, if you don't have a strong run game in today's NFL, and I don't care what they say that the running back position is extinct, if you don't have a run game in the NFL, uh, you're not going to make it. It's simple as that. I don't care how well you pass the ball. You've seen it in Kansas City or the Super Bowl. Right. You passed and passed, but when the fourth quarter came, they pounded it down their throat, which opened up the pass line for Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. You just got to have a run game. And with Todd Gurley coming to Atlanta, if he can get half to what he did last year, give us those 12 touchdowns, uh, Atlanta could be a playoff team in 20. Preach, baby, preach. You got Derrick Henry taking that team all the way to the AFC Championship. You got Aaron Jones, who to me was the key piece on Green Bay, finally giving them a running back. They went to the NFC Championship, so you could not be more right. You are on the ball. Now you got Todd Gurley who I still like a lot if he's healthy. And he did show signs last year, late last year, of improving, getting more healthy. How do you feel about that exchange now that Todd Gurley is going to be your main back? Uh, I can dig it. Like I said, um, what his his knee problem is, is wear and tear and injuries that he's occurred ever since high school. If he gets his knees warmed up while he's playing, can't stop him. But if he stands on the sidelines and doesn't play, that knee freezes up, you have a whole nother problem. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why they have conditioning coaches to deal with things like that. Right. If the coaching, the conditioning staff can, you know, work with him to get him fully healthy, uh, he'll probably be back in MVP form by the middle of the season. Woo! Boy, I would love to see that, man. That Todd Gurley is my boy. I drafted him two years in a row, uh, a few years ago when people thought that he was just okay. Yeah, he won me the league two years in a row. So Todd Gurley forever in my heart, man. No doubt about it. And your Falcons are drafting, I believe it's 16th overall. I'm looking 16. I'm looking secondary for them uh, to start out. Maybe a rusher, a pass rusher, like you had said before. But um, I don't know. I'm, th- I'm thinking second. Looking at a guy like maybe Kate Anderson, Christian Fulton, who are two very good cornerbacks coming at it. What position do you want to see them draft in the first? Uh, absolutely, absolutely yeah. cornerback. What, what we lost the last two seasons, uh, we lost Robert Alford, who went to Arizona, missed the season with an injury. But we also lost Desmond right. Trufant this year. Right. 
And the corners that we would have starting are second-year corner, Kendall Sheffield, and third-year corner, Isaiah Oliver. You bring in C.J. Henderson or Christian Fulton or even A.J. Terrell. Uh, instantly, you know, they will, you know, try for that number one spot because I don't think Oliver has, you know, progressed like I thought he was. And Kendall Sheffield probably needs another year, you know, to, you know, become of age. And Demonte KZ, who a lot of people don't talk about, you don't know whether he's going to play safety or corner, but, you know, he will be a vital, you know, rotational piece on that yeah, defense. absolutely. Maybe even a guy like Grant Delpit, they can grab in the second or third round, possibly like that if he falls. So, but yeah, they right. can try to solidify that secondary with some young guys, and that would be really smart. I want to talk about my team real quick, my 49ers, who lost the Super Bowl, but I still believe they're right in it. Yes, we lost Emmanuel Sanders, we lost to Forrest Buckner, but we got that 13th pick where we can either go after a wide receiver to replace Emmanuel Sanders, and we know there's a lot out there. At 13, is Henry Ruggs going to be around? Is C.D. Lamb going to be around? Jerry Judy? Those are the kind of guys I want to get. If not, I'd love like a Javon Kinlaw or something like that, another pass rusher to add into that line. So I still think the 49ers are in really good shape. They just got to make sure that they stick to the running game because that's what win championships, like you said. And we still have a great defense, but I also worry about our secondary which is why the Niners with the 31st pick, I'm looking for them to hopefully take a cornerback as well. Uh, maybe even a Trayvon Diggs if they can, or if somebody falls. So they have a lot of work to do as well. And what about the Kansas City Chiefs? So Patrick Mahomes, like you said, you were alluding to Deshaun Watson before. He's going to get paid a lot of money. Well, Patrick Mahomes is going to break the bank. How are they going to keep the oh, guys? Are they going to keep Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey? Damian Williams, Sammy Watkins. Then you go to the defense, Chris Jones. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to sustain that ability, even though they do have the best quarterback in the game. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> uh, they only had $171 of a salary cap before they uh, re-signed Sammy Watkins. <laughs> but now they have five, $5 million. And I think in the draft, I think they definitely have to go linebacker. And Kenneth Murray probably would be the best pick if he falls yeah, that far. Falls. Uh, they haven't had a linebacker that could run that defense since Derrick Johnson left, and that's been about five years ago. So linebacker is definitely a need for the Chiefs. Now Patrick Mahomes, two hundred million, it's in the bank it's already. Bank. Easy, easy. Quarterback making forty million dollars during these times. Five years, $220 million. I could see Absolutely. it in that range. So set a new record. And to be honest, I don't know how they're going to pay him, but they better oh, yeah. find they, a way. They're going to pay him. No matter what it takes, they will pay that. That's for sure. They, they know they got their quarterback. God is One more thing before yeah. I go on. And I've thought about this. Do not be surprised if they trade Chris Jones to free up Absolutely. cap space. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was the last thing I was going to say because – He's so great, and on that last drive, he batted down two or three balls. He's fantastic, but getting up there in age, and he's going to want some money. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they might fill his hole. Absolutely. That's a good call. That's a really good call. I'm with that. Going that way, we're talking about the Chiefs. They are the favorites in the AFC East. Excuse me, in the AFC Conference, supposedly. Do you think maybe Baltimore can overtake them, or do you see another team coming out of nowhere, jumping in the one, two, three spot in the playoffs? Well, I'm still taking Baltimore. 
I think uh, the inexperience for Lamar Jackson kicked in last year, and it's the second year in a row that he's been eliminated right. from the playoffs. Uh, I pray he's been putting in the work to uh, improve his game and not rely on his legs. Same problem that got Michael Vick in trouble in Atlanta. Uh, Baltimore, they've made some very good moves on that defensive line that uh, I think puts them back towards the top and will battle the Chiefs for the AFC. Now, if they can get Lamar Jackson a deep threat other than Marquise Brown, I think that offense would be unstoppable. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. Maybe they can grab a Justin Jefferson out of LSU later on if he falls that way. Yeah, yeah, they they could definitely, absolutely use another wide receiver. But I'll tell you, that Mark Andrews, the tight end, oh, my God. That guy catches everything. It's like Lamar only looks for him. It's amazing, and they connect every time. What a a duo those two are. They really, really are. In the NFC, yeah, the 49ers won it last year. I don't know if they're the favorites right now. Yeah, I put them up there. You know, they're going to be a playoff team. I really do believe that. But looking around the league right now, Emmanuel Sanders was a big pickup. Uh, they got some help in the secondary. I think Taysom Hill's going to play a bigger role, not that he's going to take over a quarterback for Drew Brees. But I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC right now. What do you think? Um, <laughs> You might be mad, but I'm going to stay in the NFC West. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks. Now, think about it. Come on, save that for off the show. (laughs) We are. Think about it. Seahawks finally got a number one receiver in DK Metcalf. They always find a way to find. You remember um, um, Mike Shanahan. Loves to run the football. Same thing with Pete Carroll. They can run the football with anybody. Anybody in the backfield. Like I said, running running backs are key to winning. They can put in a three-back rotation and beat you <laughs> to the ground. So with a quarterback like Russell Wilson who can make those deep throws, it makes them very versatile and very dangerous on offense. All they have to do is re-sign Jadavion Clowney because they already have a great linebacking core. Get another safety or a cornerback, and they're good to go. Yeah, let again. me tell you, man. Listen, when I was uh, doing the show during the playoffs, I was saying the only team I don't want to see in the NFC is the Seattle Seahawks. They scare me to death. We had two close games against them this year, the 49ers, that is. Went to overtime and won. Thank God we won that last game to get the number one seed, uh, all for not, as it was. But yeah, Seattle is always scary because Russell Wilson, if he's not the best quarterback, he's second best. He's just a little smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. I love Russell Wilson. I know that's sacrilegious to stay as a 49er fan, but I love that guy on and off the field. He is just a model of consistency and professionalism. Now, going into the draft, I was thinking they need to beef up their secondary a little bit, but, you know, you're talking about their running backs, and, you know, Chris Carson got hurt toward the end of the season. So they had to go to this Holmes guy at the end. What about drafting a DeAndre Swift, the Dobbins, uh, a Taylor out of Wisconsin? Do you think they might go that route in the first round? Um, it's a possibility, but uh, you don't know what's going on with your pass sure. rush. If Jadavion Clowney doesn't come back, I could easily see them taking uh, yeah. your tear gross mottos out of the Penn State, and that would be a perfect yeah. fit for them. He's long, long, athletic, and his his drive is just. You know, unmatched in this draft. He's going to be one of the sleepers in this draft 
Yeah, uh, like, coming so up. a guy like H. A. Penza, it's, it's Epineza, it's very possible they could draft another guy like that. But yeah, you're right. If they lose to Davian Clowney, I would agree. They got to get a pass rusher at least one because they, they weren't great at sacking the quarterback this year. And Clowney's not a sack master today, but he gets in the backfield quicker than any other defensive end I've ever seen in my life. So that makes havoc. Anywhere he Agreed. goes, and now I'm hearing the Cleveland Browns have interest in him. Wow. Put him and Miles Gavin on the line. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm scared. That would definitely scare me. So, uh, yeah, Clown, he's, he's one of those guys, man. We'll see what happens with him. Going back to a quarterback, and I'm going to go to the Dallas Cowboys for a minute over here. Dak Prescott. Okay. He's got franchise. Is he going to make that ton of money? How much do you think he's going to get, and they're going to get this done this year? To be honest, they don't have a choice but to pay him. Um, four years, uh, oof, 160 million. Uh, he'll get 40 million, even though I think it's overpaying for him. Because if you remember a couple of years ago, when Ezekiel Elliott got hurt, he could not carry the team on his own. And with a quarterback, you're paying that kind of money. They need to be able to carry the team with or without their superstar. And they might not have a choice but to pay him. Now, that's another team that I think Cam Newton should be reaching out to mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm trying to get that money. Dallas would be my first mm-hmm. phone call because, to be honest, Dallas does not trust, trust Dak Prescott. That's why they have not paid him. Because <laughs> so they, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Right, Dak Prescott, man, you know, he- Two years ago when they made that playoff run um, and they lost to the Rick, that's when I saw Dak Prescott become a leader. But at the same time, you're right. He, he, he can't do everything. I like him a lot. I want him to be the Dallas quarterback just for Dallas's sake. I believe that he could do a really good job. But you're right. There's something there. Otherwise, why would you not get the deal done? And why would you sign Amari Cooper? Five years, a hundred million dollars before you sign your franchise quarterback, and I believe he got overpaid. Right, and it goes back to what I said: they don't trust Dak. They trust Amari more than they do Dak. Amari, when you trust your body, who the hell do you think they're going to bring in? I mean, Dak is a proven quarterback. Who are you trying to bring in right now? Trevor Lawrence, ain't the whole year. I don't really get it. I don't get it. I think. What's funny is it might be another trade, sign and trade situation. Uh, Mike McCarthy loves, he loves mobile quarterbacks. Dak is mobile, but he's not as accurate as Aaron Rodgers. So I could see them, you know, going for a Jordan Love or a player like that. That'd be interesting. So, so, you know, 17, everybody wants them to take a safety or a corner, but don't be surprised if Jordan Love pops yeah, up in well, Dallas. Well, that's maybe possible. You see, I haven't taken in a cornerback at 17. Jordan Love is getting a lot of love, no pun intended right now. And I think that this is twofold. First of all, I think the Jaguars should have looked at Cam. I don't know why they didn't because all they have is Gardner mustache. And you can't rely on him. So I would look at Cam Newton Jacksonville. And, and just even going further with that, I think that they're actually going to have Jordan Love. I think the Jaguars are going to move up in the draft and they're going to take Jordan Love to try to create some excitement around an unexcitable universe there with the Jaguars. They're going to have to do something to get their fans happy again. So 
Gardner Minshew, are you really going to roll with him? I don't think so. So I think they go after a rookie this year. Yeah, I can I, definitely see that. I can, I can see, definitely I can see, see that. Them, I can see them jumping up. I got my whole first draft on uh, sports column, so you guys go check that out. It's interchangeable here and there, but uh, it does happen. You alluded to the Arizona Cardinals and, and Kyler Murray needing one more player. Who are you talking about? C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. And the only reason why I say that is because he needs a number. Well, he has. He will get the hundred. DeAndre Hopkins, but after his contract is up, who knows if he'll be there? Plug in C.D. Lamb. You have him at least the next five years, maybe further because you will have the you know advantage, you know, at free agency. But C.D. Lamb is probably Julio Jones esque when it comes to wide receivers. He's long, can make any catch, can run routes. So C.D. Lamb, Arizona with. A talent like Kyler Murray, and they played together in college. Very good. It's a no brainer. Very good call. Now, do you think overall CD Lamb is the best wide receiver in the draft over Ruggs and Juice? Ooh, that's a tough call. But I think uh, Jerry Juice is a little yeah. bit more fluid, meaning he runs routes a little bit more fluid than CD Lamb. But athletic wise, I have to all go right, land. All right, I can dig it. I can, hey, look, I don't, I don't really think you can go wrong with any three of them, to be honest with you. But yeah, Jerry Judy is a phenomenal route runner. Right. CD Lamb, phenomenal athlete. He can route, he can run routes, no doubt about it. So, all right, the guy I, I was thinking of protecting Kyla Murray and maybe going after, uh, you know, a Beckton or a Tristan Wirfs or something like that, if they were to, you know, if they could get him that high. I think they draft at number eight here, or even a Jedrick Willis, another offensive lineman. So. I think they really need to start protecting him, but I can totally see that. I mean, when you got Larry Fitzgerald, Hopkins, you got Christian Kirk, you're going to add C.D. Lamb, just throw the freaking ball in the air, man. One of them is going to go get it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, how they fix that, they take Lamb at number eight, trade back up into the bottom of the first round. I think uh, Josh Jones will be there. Austin Jackson could be there. So, you know, it's a yeah. win-win if they can do that. If they can find yeah. another offensive tackle at the bottom, yeah, I can see Andrew Thomas, uh, you know, being down in the twenties and them trading back in. I can definitely see something. Like that. Yeah, good call. Good call. I like yeah Arizona man. The NFL West might be the toughest division in the NFL this year. You know, you mentioned Seattle Niners defending NFC champions. If the Rams can get back to somewhat of normalcy they had a couple of years ago, and now Arizona, they're on the rise, and Kyler Murray is only going to get better. So. As an NFC West guy with my Niners, yeah, I'm a little scared right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared. So, hey, let me ask you this. If we were doing a fantasy draft right now and you had the very first pick in the draft, who are you taking? Uh, I would only go Michael Thomas because he's a high-targeted player and he you know, catches touchdowns. Yard league, of course, right? All right, I like right. that. I wasn't thinking Michael Thomas, but that makes a lot. Look, broke the record last year for receptions in the season, so you know he's catching balls. He's getting in the end zone. I was thinking more along the lines of Christian McCaffrey, but I was wondering if you were going to say Patrick Mahomes because, look, I mean, he's as, you know, sure shot as anybody in the league, but I'm the kind of guy who won't draft a quarterback until, like, the eighth and ninth round. The only reason why I wouldn't pick Christian McCaffrey is because he's going to have That's a new quarterback on the center. And we don't know how he's going to adjust to that. They lost Trey Turner. 
Uh, they got DJ Fluker in return, but we don't know how that line is going to shake out. So I would go Michael Thomas over both. Over now, let me ask two. you another, about another running back who I love. And, you know, he just got hurt last year, so everybody went down on him a little bit. But I think Saquon Barkley, as long as he stays healthy, is going to be the best running back in the NFL for a while. I agree. And this is why I have them taking the offensive lineman yes. at number four. They have to get somebody to open him some lanes. That offensive line was atrocious last year. Daniel Jones got got drove into the ground, and on top of that, you know, it was the reason why he threw half his interceptions. If they can get, you know, a franchise left tackle, the Giants may be dangerous this year because they already have weapons. They just need Daniel yeah, Jones to get them. I'm, the I'm with him. I'm with him. It's still uh, the still out on him, but he looks pretty good. He can do things. He can move around a little bit. Had a very nice game against Tampa last year, uh, Daniel Jones. So, yeah, I'm with you. They need to protect him as well. Look, any young quarterback, you need to go out and protect, but you also, like you said, got to get him weapons to throw the ball. And I think tight end has become such a prevalent position in the league right now because – they're very deceiving. Whether you have a Travis Kelsey, a Kittle, or whatever, you know, they think they're into block. They can chip, and then they go out for a pass. And like Kittle can drag somebody on his face mask 40, 50 yards down the field. I love the tight end game. I love when they have the two tight end sets, like Baltimore did a lot last year and had a lot of success with that. And that, that's what made them so tough to beat because you didn't know if they were going to run bootleg, if they were going to run off tackle. If they were going to roll play action, that's what made Baltimore tough. When you have two tight ends that could catch, that could block, uh, that makes you a very dangerous offense. And that's one reason why I have Baltimore back as a high, you know, at the top of the tier in the and, AFC. And I'm with you. I really am with you. It's not Kansas City. Yeah, I'm not going to say they got lucky, but, you know, you, they're down in every single game that they're playing and they come back to win. I don't know how many times you can do that in a row. So, yeah, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, stay healthy, stay smart, let the team stay healthy. They got a great coach. I love John Harbaugh. They're a fantastic organization. So I'm with you. They're, to me, they're the team to beat, even though Patrick Mahomes resides in Kansas City. So we got we got a lot to go, man. I, I can't. I still got a draft coming up in a couple of weeks. More players are going to be moving around. Let's see what happens with Winston Ham. I don't know. Any closing thoughts before we end our beautiful show today, which will be done again very shortly? Um, not Well, not really, but, you know, if you want my personal opinion on one situation, I think it's time, and I started to mention this earlier, but I had to sit back and think about it for a minute. Jameis Winston to the Pittsburgh Steelers makes so much sense. And the reason why I say that is because Big Ben is on his last leg or <laughs> yeah. arm or whatever you want to call it. If they get Jameis Winston at 25 years old, they don't have to sign another quarterback at least for the next five years. That means they can build their run game what they need to improve defense uh, and fill other holes. I know Jameis Winston may cost a lot of money, but if you sign him on a two- or three-year prove-it deal, yeah, I, it no, makes too I much agree with sense. everything you just said because I think that he's going to start looking at himself in the mirror and realize, you know, and start trying to fit these tight balls in windows. We've got to make maybe check down pants, whatever it may be. He loves to throw the ball long, but 
I do like that. The only thing I will disagree with in your statement is that I don't think he's going to be that expensive. I think knowing now where he stands in the league that you can get him on a pretty friendly deal, maybe six, seven million dollars a year. It's very possible. Very possible. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. That's been floating around a little bit and and I kind of latched on to that as well. I think Pittsburgh as well. Mike Tomlin is one of my favorite coaches in the league. I mean, I just Absolutely love that. What other coach, I mean, really, maybe except for Belichick, maybe Pete Carroll, can have a team not have a losing season the whole entire time that he's there? He goes to the playoffs every year except for the past two, understandably so. But that guy makes makes something out of nothing all the time. What he did last year was nothing short of coach of the decade. That was incredible what he did. I agree. I definitely agree with that. And Pittsburgh is one of those teams, no matter who they pick up, no matter who they draft or sign, they follow that Pittsburgh Steelers philosophy and they follow it to a T. That right there is the sign of a good coach. And no matter what Mike Tomlin goes, if he decides to leave Pittsburgh, he will take that mentality with him wherever he goes, and he will always be successful as a head coach. Pittsburgh would be stupid to ever let him go. That guy should be there for at least another 10 years. Amazing. Pittsburgh Steelers have had three head coaches in their entire franchise history, going from Chuck Noll winning four Super Bowls, Cowra won one, and then Mike Tomlin won two. Three coaches in that whole franchise. I mean, if that's the model of consistency, that's it right there. I mean, bam, number one. Before you go, I want to ask you one more thing that I forgot about Ryan Tannehill, who was the first to go. Uh, the first to sign a big big contract. Now, look, real quick, I watched him in Miami, and I actually liked the kid. I saw him like, this guy can play. He just doesn't have any weapons around. I saw him make multiple fourth-quarter comebacks. He wasn't scared in the moment. He stepped up. And then when he got to Tennessee, he got real players around him. Now, is he worth that contract? Probably not. But he fits in well with that team. Do you see them making another run, or they're just – another three or four better teams in the AFC. They will actually have, they will actually make another run. All they have to do is put the right pieces back on that offensive line and block, block for Derrick Henry. And they lost Conklin. He could carry them they again. Conklin, and the reason, big one. They're going to have to try to replace them somehow. Right. right. And the reason why Tannehill fits so good there is because he's a scrambler. It's the same thing. Same thing with Cam Newton. If you have a run game behind him, he's effective. Same with Ryan Tannehill. That's something that he never had in Miami. They wanted to make him a pocket passer, but that's something he's not. In Tennessee, in Tennessee, he played his game. He uh, used play action well. He ran the ball when he needed to. So it was a perfect fit, and that's the only reason why yeah, he's good, worth you know, every dime. And line. he does have sneaky athletic ability. Not the fastest guy, bro, but he can hit those corners pretty good. So not bad. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. We got a lot more to go, Antoine. We're going to do many, many more shows. I'll be on your show and speak into that. Tell everybody where they can find you because it is imperative that you follow this man and listen to his shows. Antoine, take it away. You can follow me on Anchor at uh, Smitty Sports Machine. That's where I give my daily um, thoughts on some of the hottest topics out there that's trending in the news. You can definitely find me on YouTube, is which I've started and I love it now. Um, I mainly do Atlanta sports, but I also do some of the hottest topics out there as well. 
and I write blog on wordpress.com Smitty Sports Machine. Uh, you can find every all of my work on Twitter at FatboySlim right. underscore sure 21. F-A-T-B-O-I, boy. That's the way you follow him, man. Make sure you do it. Make sure you do it. Again, I'm Jason Fearman at Sports Profit One. That's number one on Twitter. This is the Rufus Sports Podcast brought to you by the Sports Column. Antoine, I can't wait to be on your show. We're going to go back and forth all offseason long and right into the 2020 NFL. I can't wait. You know it. I'm down with it. Next time, my brother.